I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On the first day of January 18. And they let the people through And the first to cross the threshold Of the Isle of Hope and Tears Was Annie Moore from Ireland Was all of fifteen And so begins Brendan Graham's famous song about Annie Moore. Her statue in Cove commemorates herself and her little brothers before they left for America. The poignant figures as they headed across the Atlantic to join their parents. And a musical coming to the Everyman next Sunday night tells the story. It's called Annie Moore, First Immigrant, and it's written by Paul Linehan, a guy I haven't seen in almost 30 years when we met doing music in Mary Eye. Now, music has, of course, been always part of Paul's life, but he was inspired to write this musical show when he learned that he was, in fact, related to Annie Moore. So when we spoke yesterday, I asked him how that actually happened and how it kicked off this whole musical journey. Yeah, Emery, it's a, it's a funny story, really, because in your right, everybody kind of has some familiarity with or some, some background on. And everybody, I suppose, Brendan Graham's song was a, is a big factor in that and that it's such a popular ballad in the, in the country. But back in 2016, like at that stage, I'd been singing the song for a number of years without the realisation that there was a connection with the, with the actual lead character in it. And Megan Smolnack, who is an American genealogist, she was the one who found the roots of Barack Obama and she would have done a lot of work on, on various presidents and stuff. But 
Megan just always felt that the story behind Anymore just didn't ring through for her. And she was right because she discovered afterwards that the, the Anymore that they thought was the first to Ellis Island was actually came from Texas. So she couldn't have been the first immigrant. And so at that point, she had kind of said, OK, can we find out the story behind the first immigrant? And in fairness to her, she had done a lot of research and she put it out there and she even organized a little competition amongst the genealogists to say, can we find the backstory? And eventually it kind of filtered through to Tim McCoy, who was based in Cork there, a genealogist himself and again through the church records actually in Mayfield they came eventually and talked to a cousin of ours Tommy Long and Tommy was the one who kind of confirmed what they kind of suspected all the way through and that the key I suppose was the, the name Cronin so there's Cronins in my family going back and, and that was kind of the, the key that unlocked the door really for them. That's amazing and what's also amazing is that on the other side of the Atlantic everybody knew about Annie Moore the day that she walked through you know there are reports that there were photographers there and there would have been reporters there recording the moment of the, the opening and all that sort of thing. But when she became, you know, part of American society, her story got lost. And to think that all of those years later, people were following a, a totally different anymore, thinking that's who had stepped across the threshold first of Ellis Island is amazing. And so, like you, we and our history goes back many, many years to Mary I, where we would have met through music. So I know music has been part of your life forever, playing and singing music. And so I know that one of the songs you would have been singing as a tenor then, of course, would have been Brendan Graham's Isle of Hope, Isle of Tears. And there you were all these years singing it, not knowing you were in fact singing about a cousin. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that there was a certain synchronicity, if you like that, because um, it, it was only in 2016 when, when the story kind of broke and that they were looking for a representative of the family to go over to America, to New York, and to kind of represent the family because they have a, an annual luncheon there in, in Manhattan for the, the great and good of Irish Americans and they want to celebrate anymore, and particularly with the new developments. So to go over there and to actually sing the ballad, uh, there was a certain, uh, like I say, synchronicity attached to that that uh, felt I was square in the circle a bit. Actually, I was talking to, to, to Brendan Graham few emails during the week there and again I think it's obvious that the song resonates with him and that you know the, the connection between us in, in terms of the, the character historical in one sense for him and yet uh, a family member for us and that there's a great kick out of singing uh, uh, such a fine song and then to say okay look there's actually a bigger backstory to this yes. that while Annie Moore stepped off the gangplank in Ennis Island and had her 15 minutes of fame there what happened there afterwards and that was part that kind of interested me I suppose from a, from a family point of view. And that's where the story begins. Well not really Really, because I know in your musical that people can come to the Everyman and see on the 2nd of April, you, you begin with the Irish wake, don't you? Yeah, I think you look at that, that for us was kind of an important factor that, again, the story of Annie as told through the song of Isle of Hope, Isle of Tears, takes from a particular point, whereas to, to reimagine what would have happened in the, in the days and the weeks and the months leading up to that, we thought was kind of a good starting point for us. And, you know, there's so many thousands of families who would have had relatives who left Ireland, never to be seen again, never to return again. And this this concept of an American wake, whereas really you, you had a celebration that, that somebody was kind of hopefully making good and, and getting out of Ireland, tinged with the sadness and the realisation that they, these people weren't coming back. And that, that, that sense of loss or that sense of death, if you like, was very real for them. And so we tried to capture that in, in the first act of, of our show, whereas, you know, they're singing, they're celebration, and yet 
there's the realisation mm. behind that, that, you know, there's people who will never meet each other again. I, I love the fact, of course, that the story that you're telling takes it from the build up to heading off on the boat, the arrival in Ennis Island and more crucially, telling the real true story of what happened to Annie afterwards, not the woman who headed off to Texas or wherever people thought it was. Her story was far more... I suppose, resonant with that of millions of other immigrants where they disappear into the landscape, disappear into society, living very ordinary, simple and sometimes quite hard and harsh lives. And it turns out that's that is what happened to Annie. Yeah. And actually, that that, that word resonant is, is a nice word because I suppose that that was more typical of the stories of the Irish immigrants, that it wasn't the nice, pretty story that would be manufactured, if you like, about what we call the wrong anymore in Texas, but that the reality, uh, the harsh reality of leaving behind the tenements in Cork, leaving behind the post-famine struggle for existence, yeah. coming to America with the expectation that life was going to be brilliant and life was going to be productive for them and that there would be uh, huge opportunities. And reality was that they landed back into a very similar situation in terms of a new tenement, different tenements, still struggling to put food on the table, still struggling with trying to, to eke out an existence. And while we try to create that in the course of the show and, and try to draw the picture of what we what we believe was a typical Irish immigrant's life, because we say for, while, while Annie Moore's arrival in America was so well documented, as you rightly say, with newspapers and pictures and presentations, once she stepped off that gangplank, she was then one of hundreds of thousands of immigrants living in New York at the time. And very little historical evidence, if you like, to kind of back that up. And, you know, in the course of the show, obviously, I've done a good bit of research to try to say, well, where are the historical markers for this? And where's the, where's the if you like, the, the historical documents that will back up what we believe to be the story? And really, well, you can track down birth certs and, and marriage certificates and, you know, some census records. It's the places in between that you try to try to imagine what the story was like. And again, by trying to do a bit of research, what was typical for an Irish immigrant or an Irish girl landing into America? And I suppose it's that it's that story part of history, if you like, that you're trying to create mm. and that that's in one sense is attractive to people in terms of a, a, an evening's entertainment, you know. So there you are singing Isle of Hope, Isle of Tears for years and years. Then you discover, oh, my goodness, we're actually related because somebody with, you know, a dogged persistence has stuck with the story and followed through the threads to trace family connections and and has found you. You travel to New York. You're, you're part of the commemorations. And now there's this show, but there's also a family. You know, there is a kind of a wider family of cousins and that sort of thing. And it, it must have come up, I suppose, at Christmas tables and, you know, family gatherings and, you know, phone calls and WhatsApp groups between cousins and relations and that sort of thing. What, what has been the impact, Paul, for you or for the cousins or the wider family? Has it opened up a connection to relations you didn't know in America? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been interesting from that point of view because... We say when I was growing up, we never had that sense of some families have, have, have American cousins and they'd be in regular contact and there'd be, you know, maybe visits over and back. We never had that in our family. Um, I had been to, to Ellis Island previously around 2000 and had gone through and done the, the tour. And while the, the story itself is engaging and there's a lot of sadness and you could see why it's, it's such a, a, a 
monumental place to visit from from a tourist point of view and from a historical point of view, it really didn't have the relevance for me. Whereas when we had discovered the Annie Moore connection and I went back in 2016, there was a completely different atmosphere yeah. as I walked around Ellis Island. Of course. Um, and, you know, it, one of the things that when I went to New York, one of the, the people that I met there was was a, 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 what I call a new cousin, a Michael Schulman, who again would have been the grandson of the youngest boy. Uh, or the youngest son. And I suppose look, a lot of people in Cork would be familiar with, with Jean Reinhardt's beautiful statue there in Cove. And so the, the, the three children, as you look at them, so the grandson of the smallest chap there. So it was, like, it was so immediate in that sense. And since, uh, look, we, we, we'd had a big break during the week there. We, we had um, CNN picked up the story and I did an extensive interview with one of their uh, senior writers over there. And in fairness, on Patrick's Day, there, there was over half a million people actually read about the story about Annie Moore and that, that's a big kick for me but as a result of that then I've had a number of people say yeah actually w- w- the, the story really appeals to it and one or two people say actually yeah we're related to Annie Moore as well on our side as well time and time again again that, that happened for me for um, a relation down in Cove that, that we had been unaware of so definitely it, it, we feel we're after dropping a pebble into the lake yes. and the ripples are starting to move out now and there's a great kick to that but I suppose the interesting thing for me is to think that a young Irish girl with nothing arrived in with her bag into New York City. And yet all of these people, so many of them have done so well for themselves. Some of them are sort of, you know, the, the typical Irish immigrant two generations down looks very differently to what came through Ellis Island. So, so true. And, you know, she stepped off the runway, as you said, and almost disappeared. And yet her story and this legend uh, lives on in many respects. And now... You have this musical, which is coming to the Everman for one night only on the 2nd of April. And I assume, Paul, you know, I mean, I know you've already been performing this in Kildare and in Carlo, and it's been getting great, great receptions. So this will be the first chance to to bring it to Cork. I assume you've already been asked, what about doing it in America? Um, well, yes, it's funny because next year, 2024, would be a big year in, in Annie Moore's life. So it, it would be the 150th anniversary of her birth. 100 years centenary of her death and for me certainly that would be the culmination of, of my ambition I think for this show to see if we could bring any more back to New York it, just like I, I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm wildly excited about the prospect of any more coming back to Cork yes. um, and our home <laughs> city uh, that means a lot to me and to, to my family certainly so yeah certainly we're, we're, we're uh, in negotiations about seeing what are the possibilities of seeing if we get this show over to America now look you know what it's like in, in the music industry there's no rich artists at the level where working. Uh, so try to get funding for something that is definitely a challenge. But I think you look at it, there's a lot of merit in saying that this character, this historical person was a key in one sense to opening up Ellis Island, to opening up the, uh, the great and good of America, which have developed since then from all the immigrants that have kind of supported the most fantastic countries in the world in terms of opportunities for people. So to celebrate that and to mark that, I think, would be fitting for her, you know. Really uh, but I think we start small. We'll enjoy our experience in Cork first. <laughs> it won't be small, but it's for one night only. So it's the 2nd of April, which is, of course, next Sunday night in the Everman Theatre. All the booking details are, of course, on the Everman website and phone 4501673, as always. Paul Lennon, thank you so much for sharing that fascinating story with us this morning. Pleasure, Elmerie. Good to talk to you again.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 